0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gimme Back My Horror Movies, the podcast. I am your host, Charlie, and not with me as always is no Nate tonight. Uh, I lost Nate somewhere. He's out wandering the streets somewhere in Columbus. If you find him, please return him back to his home. Uh, We're all a little worried about him. No, but he's good. He had other things he had to do so i I, i'm not solo though i have a really good guest with us tonight uh you've heard him on here before it's been a little while he's been begging to come back on i think i get a weekly email from him or something i'm not sure Uh, it's it's not that bad we got james from poster smash with us say hello james
1: hey how's it going everybody
0: oh i hope they're all doing good i hope they're all hyped i We've had, we've had a bad run of movies as far as I'm concerned. So I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping this digs us out of the slump. Uh, Nate was supposed to be here so I could unground him, but guess what? He's still grounded for another week. So we'll, uh, we'll just see how, see what, see what happens when he comes back. He's missing out. He is missing out. Uh, as everybody can see, Charlie, Charlie dug deep. I went, I want a movie. I know I love, I watched a lot as a teenager and I can watch it anytime it's on and it's house. We are doing house and I, I watched it again last night and I still love this movie. It, it is absolutely one of my favorites. What, what did you think about whenever you found out this was the movie we were doing, James?
1: I, w- I was excited. Um, this is one of those movies that I can remember watching. It just seems like an infinite amount of times growing up. I don't yes. know why. I don't know if it was on cable. I do know that I've rented, I rented it a few times. Um, but yeah, I just, it was one of those movies that really, um, you know, even my, my younger brother, um, him and I were talking, I just told him that I was going to be doing the podcast with you. And he was like, oh, you're going to talk about house. And he goes, you better talk about, and he started rattling stuff off. And I went, you remember (laughs) it too? I mean, there's just stuff that sticks with you.
0: Uh, we were, we have a group chat with all the guys in Columbus, all our buddies and stuff like Mark and Cody. And I had sent over and I'm like, yeah, we're doing house. Both of them immediately were like, are you talking this one? And they're sharing the same pick the VHS cover. We all know. And they're like, we watched it countless times. I don't know how many times me and my buddy Ben rented this, this one and house too. We always rented all the time, especially when we did those like five movies for $5. Right. Weeks. It was like, well, I want this one, this one. Uh, let's get the house movies again. I love those things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wanted a movie I knew I was going to enjoy. It's a cult classic as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I th- I think it's required watching in the horror community. If, if you haven't seen this movie, it's important to watch it. It also falls into this weird comedy horror genre that, it, okay, I'll admit it kind of is an acquired taste for some. You right. got ones that they want that blood and guts and they want to be terrified and they don't want any silliness other than maybe a, a, a one-time gag. No, this is right up there with like uh brain dead slash dead alive, whatever you want to call it. The, the evil dead kind of more into the evil dead two and army of darkness kind of movies where they didn't take themselves serious in this. No. And, and I love it. And it is also, One of my favorite practical effect movies. And I you know, and James knows we talked about it when he came on. And if anyone hasn't remembered, James was on because he did Witch House. And that thing's got a lot of steam going on in the uh independent like film festivals going on right now. So we are keeping our eyes and ears open on that one right there. I'm making James all like, oh man, I didn't I didn't know we were gonna (laughs) talk about that. Stop it. But no, it's uh the practical effects in this one. So I was like it was another reason I was happy to have James on this one. I was like, okay, he's gonna really dig talking about what makes this movie so I guess charming and right. Fun. Because it's yeah.
1: it's so it's so out of the ordinary. Like it is hard to describe because like going into it, you know, you're you're expecting like horror. You're expecting a straight horror, yeah. you know, haunted
0: haunted house movie. And I mean, with the, the poster alone, the, the VHS cover yeah. is the reason everyone rented this. It is, yeah. if you pop that picture up, most people are going to be like, either they, if, even if they haven't seen it, they've seen that picture and it's right. the, the dismembered hand floating, ringing the doorbell, which is funny. Cause it's not even in the movie. No, no. <laughs> we get a dismembered <laughs> hand, but it is not the picture we see on the cover. Kind yeah, of happens it, again in house 2. It's also they just kept going.
1: It's the, it's it's so bizarre because the way they decided to go with this as far as practical effects, it's how do you put it's it's a bit campy. Obviously, oh, it's almost s- Looney Tunes. Right? Yeah. yeah, it is very um, uh, uh, bizarre with the way that some of the creature designs are really scary, and then there's a few that are just bonkers yeah that don't make any sense at all
0: i I was we'll talk about it more but i will say right now and i almost kind of forgot that it was this particular movie this has the most terrifying image in my brain from growing up and it still sends chills up my spine so i think that's a cool little teaser to leave the people with so let's play the trailer real quick let's get that bad boy out of the way because like i said i knew this was going to be a movie that was going to be fun to talk about so let's get the tr- the house trailer.
2: This is a house where no one should live. Roger Cobb has come here alone, but no one is ever alone. No. Sandy uh, Horror has found a new home. House enter at your own risk.
0: I and I love eighties trailers. Right. I, it's a trailer voice guy in the horror movie genre, the whole, you know, don't watch this movie alone. Don't go <laughs> into the house. You know, it, I love, I know I'm in, in, in for a treat. Also, that trailer does not set you up for what you're about to watch. No period. No. They make it out like it's a horror movie. They make it out like you're going to be scared shitless. You're going to sleep with the lights on and it's anything but that oh um, uh, yeah and that's i think uh
1: you know let's see here you know it came out in in 85 and i probably saw it maybe in 86 you know when it I, i'm not sure what time it actually hit the dvd market i mean i mean the dvd <laughs> come on uh-huh. vhs sorry
0: VHS.
1: Um, that's right we're talking 80s um <laughs> You know, we're, all, know when, we're old men,
0: James, it's okay. Gosh, <laughs> I'm telling you.
1: Um, you know, I don't know when it hit uh home video. Um, uh, you know, if it's a year later or what, but I mean, I I saw this on cable, I saw I rented it, and so,
0: you know, you're probably I'm probably looking at, you know, 12
1: years old, 13 years old.
0: Yeah, I I'm, I'm thinking I was right around like 14 or 15 because that would be right yeah. about the time me and my buddy Ben were hanging out. And we, we would sleep over his dad or my dad would take us to go rent movies. And it was always, you know, like, here's your five bucks, make it count. And it would have been, so mine would have had to been, I think the sequel was the the year after. So yeah, I would we would have rented these back to back because that's how they would have been right there on the shelf. It's like, Oh, I want to, I want to watch this one. And I I get to watch the sequel. Spoiler alert. The sequel has nothing to do with the first movie whatsoever other than the poster (laughs) (laughs) that's it that all they did was change it instead of ringing the doorbell it has a key to the house that's the only difference the hand is doing on the poster for the sequel yeah Um, and you
1: know it's been so long i mean i watched house one so many times and i know i've watched house two but like now i'm i'm intrigued i need to go back and rewatch it now that i've i did watch you know this one again and and it's it was so much fun. It brought back a lot of memories. And, and, you know, I can, I had a really close uh, buddy of mine that we watched this a ton of times together. And I mean, I remember, you know, first off, he was uh, very obsessed with um, the, the Vietnam War uh, movies, you know, Platoon and Full Metal yeah. Jacket. And, yep. and, and, and so you've got this movie that kind of, and we both like horror movies. And then you've got this movie that comes out and it's, it's kind of this combination of of horror, and then it's got this kind of wraparound story of his nightmares that are, you know, uh, the Vietnam War. Yeah, I... and, and so I can remember watching this with my buddy, and and Big Ben was was just that character, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but the look oh, of him fun. at the end. Oh, was something that just stuck with me forever because he was so cool. When you saw that, it didn't matter if it's a full rubber mask and suit. No, when he steps in, you're just like, oh yeah, that's awesome. I want that. And and,
0: and there's a fun thing about that. And I'll save it till we get to the end about that. Well, I'll say about big Ben as, as a child of the eighties and nineties. So about the time I was watching this, I grew up watching night court. Yes. I knew who Richard Mull was, right? It was bull. And he was the gentle giant. He was all this stuff on the show. And then I watch him in house and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's, you know, not quite the badass when I'm watching it now. Right. But as a kid, I'm like, oh, I, I think a lot of the 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 underlying thing of this movie, as children, I don't think a lot of us caught it. This movie is one hundred percent about uh PTSD. Right. They, they tried to touch on something, because it was 1980, 1981, before it was even really recognized as an issue, mainly from right. Vietnam vets. So then we started getting the movies like First Blood, and, you know, we got the Vietnam era movies. And this one tried to blend it into horror, because I guess it was real horror, you know, dealing right. with war, dealing with all that, let's tell... I do know that the original screenwriter, um, before, uh, and I can't think of his, uh, Fred Decker took over. This movie was supposed to be dark as shit, like straight up horror movie. Right. It was, it was, you know, supposed to be everything that really what the trailer and the cover of the movie was supposed to in uh, invoke. That's what the movie was supposed to be. And they said, as they got into the pre-production and the new writer came on, they were like, nah, it, it, we got to go different. We got to go lighter. Um, I'll talk about one of my, one of my probably only issues really with this movie that now watching it, I'll I'll preface that as watching it as 42 years old and understanding so much more about the movie. I hadn't watched this movie since the nineties. I'll admit, I don't think I had actually sat down and watched house since like Ninety-seven. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, come on. I mean, but I knew it. I almost knew this movie by heart. Jackie's right. watching it with me, and she's like, "She goes, I don't know if I've seen this." And I'm like, "Oh, I've seen it a lot. You know, this is you know, this is a favorite. This is everyone has to watch House." But we don't have we don't have Nate to do our three sentence synopsis. So I think what I can do is this one's fairly simple. We can just do a real kind of quick synopsis about the movie, kind of you know. Again, if you haven't watched this movie, watch it. Uh, we're going to spoil it as we talk about it. Um, I think everyone listening to the show has probably watched House. I I would almost make that bet in Vegas that you know at least ninety <laughs> percent of our listeners have seen it. But anyway, we have um, William Cat, who I grew up knowing as uh, the great, the greatest, greatest American, American hero, hero. greatest American I kept want to say great American hero, and I knew it was the greatest right. American hero. Um, he plays Roger Cobb and he inherits his aunt's house that he grew up in as a child. Uh, we see in the movie, she committed suicide. We also, this movie's full of flashbacks. We also see that his son, they allude to him being kidnapped, but the aunt continually says the house is responsible for your son missing. Um, we also see Roger Cobb is a uh, quite famous horror writer and he writes books. He's doing a book signing. Everyone keeps asking him about his next book and it is going to be about his time in Vietnam. He is a Vietnam war veteran uh, married to a uh, movie star wife, and, uh, but I'm, I'm stretching movie star. I think it was more soap opera. I think so. That, yeah. They were trying to make it out on there. Uh, so obviously the, the loss of their son has strained their marriage Um, then his aunt commits suicide. He inherit he gets the house. Basically, it goes up for sale. He decides, you know what? I need to write my book. I need a quiet place to go do it. I'm going to go write it in the house. I'm not going to sell it. He stays in the house and basically I'll leave. I'll leave it from there as we, as we talk, but the house kind of becomes the character in the movie from that point on. So that's our quick kind of rundown writer who's a Vietnam vet trying to write a new book son's missing the house is haunted essentially so right there. yeah right. and it's
1: got it's got a great you know uh, a, a great little cast i mean in this as far as you know being 85 i mean you look at this cast and you it was it, it was kind of this uh uh you know you said you've already said night court with yeah. richard Mull, and we knew that and then you see george went yep. from cheers, cheers and then you've got william katt from greatest american hero yep. and and I, you're seeing these characters and i'm like i mean i know as a kid i knew all three of them and all of oh, a sudden yeah. they're in one horror movie together and you're like oh this is going to be great and you know then the kind of the weirdness of you know george wentz you know nosy neighbor character and uh-huh. then seeing richard Mall being big ben as kind of this mouthy still a little goofy he's, you know he's it,
0: very it, goofy he, he's supposed it, to be like this ultimate badass and he he still just, I think it's just Richard mall. He Uh, just comes off goofy. Yeah. I love him to death. Don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I loved him and, uh, well he did um, what was the other movie where he was a ghost and he still just kind of came off as goofy. Oh, it was the scary movies. Oh, the scary movies. Yeah. Yeah. He played like the guy that owned the house and yeah, it was, I think it was a whole scene with like Tori spelling or one of the 90210 curls running (laughs) around in there. But, uh, and now I'm watching it in the same thing. I'm like, I, I remembered all those, but then I see people like Mindy Sterling, right, who was in the Austin Powers, and she's got like, a, it's a blink and you miss it cameo. Right. Um, His wife, Tanya, Mary Staven, she's a Bond girl.
1: Right. You know, I was I'm, shocked. I, I looked, I mean, I, you know, watching it recently, I was like, I know I recognize her, but yeah. I don't know what from.
0: So I had to pull her up and look and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's a Bond girl. Yep. It is it, just and that's the eighties, man. That was the eighties. I will I'll, I'll only going to spoil one thing for you is that you're going to go watch house two. Um, there's another cheers actor in that one.
1: I do remember that. That's the one thing I do remember about a house Two.
0: Yeah. Is uh, house one and house two, both of it happens in a house and they both get a cast member from cheers. So that's, <laughs> I guess how they linked it all together, right? <laughs> but no, it's a. And talking about links, I, I really want to bring this up. So this movie was directed by Steve Miner, and a lot of people are like, I don't know, "Does that name sound familiar?" He's the director that gave us the Jason we know today, the Jason with the mask. He did Part Two and Part Three of the Friday the uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies, um, and to carry that on a little bit more, there's even more Friday the Thirteenth uh, provenance, I guess we could call it. Kane Hodder was the stunt coordinator for this movie in right. house. Also, I got to look up the guy's name because I'll end up screwing it up. Steven Williams, who plays one of the cops that come into the house when they're having coffee. Right. Right. He is the bounty hunter. That's hunting Jason in Jason goes to hell. He's the one that has the knife and he's like trying to find all the lineage to the Voorhees family. Right. And I'm just like, holy! Cr- there's just a ton of like horror icons running around this movie in 1986 right like before anything was really taking off right right and and, and steve minor has done i mean
1: he's got a a killer career i he, mean the guy's does. done everything from horror uh you know to to comedy to 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 um uh, he did know, t- t- television TV shows yeah he wonder those, years yep. and uh I, I saw recently that he had um uh he had working on What is it? Um, Did he do? There was like, well, I know he did some of the Eureka um, and I was a big fan of Eureka. And then I know he did some psych episodes,
0: maybe. Um, I believe I saw his name. Most recent thing I saw that that I knew he was doing is uh, Enterprise, uh, the one with Scott Bakula. Right. So he's involved with that. Um, And I guess since we're on the thing, we'll do the whole budget thing that we usually try to see. Nate not being here has really got me off my game. Right, yeah, I Nate. guess
1: I should have uh, I should have done some homework. That's if I would have okay. known Nate
0: was going to be here, I could have well, done some work, you know. If we had all known Nate wasn't going to be here, we probably could have done <laughs> better. It's okay. I'm not going to rail on too hard. Uh, but no, the budget for this movie was only $3 million, which is a lot in, you know, 1986. But still, yeah, that's still not a lot of money. Not with the no. cast you had, not with what they did with the practical effects. Um, but it did gross worldwide just a hair under $20 million. That's a success for a horror movie in the eighties. That's a big success in my book. I mean, I, and I, like I said, I think the sequel came like a year later. So that tells you how much faith they had in everything to continue going.
1: It makes Um, you wonder about, you know, uh, having the cast that it had, if that was what brought people in, or if it was a fact that it was something completely kind of bizarre, you know, word of mouth. I mean, because it said like the first go around, um, I mean, it, it, uh, uh, it's opening weekend. It, it made 5 million, almost $6 million
0: opening weekend. I'm, I'm really thinking that probably had a lot to do with, um, the, the lead, which is William cat. Everybody knew. I mean, he's also, I mean, we're talking about horror provenance. This is also the guy from Carrie. This was Carrie's prom date, you know, and that was a popular movie back in, you know the '80s, late '70s. Was it '80s that Carrie came out, or was that like late '70s? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, right yeah I mean it's it's like it's, it's
1: late it's, '70s, like '76. But
0: yeah, I know it's in yeah. that same time frame. But I, I really think it was the fact that he's doing it. And uh, again, the, this is a totally different time frame than what we're used to now. We get horror movie after horror movie after horror movie. People were clamoring for the next thing the next friday the 13th the next halloween movie you know they they wanted the slasher movies they didn't really get that in this one no but something kept them coming though to make this amount of money i mean we're talking about how the how the movie was it's not a slasher it's not even a gore fest there's no. barely any blood in this movie i mean i feel bad for my raining bloods cuz it's barely anything there you know <laughs> There's, there's dead people in this, obviously, but right, right. Uh, the, the, the demons get decapitated. There's not even goo. I no. was like, there was no budget for slime, James. Come on, man. Yeah, they, they you, need to spend a little bit more of that $3 million on some uh, blood and guts for You us. know how important that is to the budget for these horror movies, man. You've got to <laughs> have some slime, some blood. But I also go, I, I almost think that still just adds to the charm of the movie it still just adds to this like nostalgia i have of a kid that it didn't terrify me except one thing and yeah i'm gonna keep teasing that until we actually talk about it (laughs) but um it it it's still like burned in your brain the creature designs on this movie are phenomenal i mean from the closet demon to yes. how uh big ben looked at the end to what i call the henrietta mm. knock you know knockoff, which is tanya in the movie um god those guys were talented that closet yeah. demon is a closet looking. demon yeah it is it is something else and if you watch this you haven't watched it for a while pause it pause it when it pops out you as a kid, I had no idea that thing had like multiple faces, had like multiple body parts coming off of it. I had no clue. Now I get to watch it on I watch it on Amazon Prime because it's yep. on there now. You know, if you so if you have Prime, you can watch it. Um, not cost anything other than your Prime membership. But uh it's beautiful, it's super clear. I love the transfer. It still kind of hurts when I watch my old movies, though in high def, it (laughs) takes some of the mystery away. (laughs) A little bit, yeah, I can see that. Uh, You know, the flying garden tools don't quite hold up as well as I remember. You know, that Uh, was funny because I mean, that was the one thing I was looking
1: when I was watching. I was like, I that scene was coming up, and I started chuckling to myself because I remember it's so Looney Tunes. When he runs out the door and it's like, you know, they all come. And then later on, they knock on the door.
0: They knock on the door. They're like waiting. (laughs) They're like hanging out. And uh, there's, there's one thing in this movie that I think everyone remembers. And it is still one of my favorite gags is the swordfish, the swordfish coming to life. I mean, as soon as those stupid Billy bass singing things came out and they were like this huge craze, I'm like, I want one as a swordfish. I just wanted to come back to life, just like in house, because that's immediately <laughs> what it reminded me. Yeah. Of. you know, and, and I know it's the second one where everything comes to life. Oh, right, this right. one, it's the fish, man. I'm like, I love it, and I it, to still watching it. It's one of my favorite gags in the movie is oh, well, when that, that fish comes to that
1: life. little eyeball starts to slowly ah, turn to watch him
0: when he's walking away, and it looks that's the one thing that actually looked gooey. Like yeah. I'm sure it was just because they lubed it. So it wouldn't move freely, yeah. <laughs> but it still looked wet. And I was like, this is great stuff. And yeah. Everybody, we're going to gush about this movie. That's why I picked this. I'm tired of being drugged through the muck of movies. And I wanted a movie that I could giggle and just be excited about to talk about, you
1: know, um, I-, I talking about that yeah, and, and kind of jumping back to a uh, William cat. You know, not that he hasn't had a successful career, because he has. But you know, watching this and 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 seeing him, not only he being funny, as well as you know, action. Yeah. You know, and I mean, he, I, you were just waiting, and he's he was physically fit. You know, I'm I'm looking at him, going, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't. Get a little more into the mainstream, you know. Maybe it's by choice. Who knows? You and, know, and I don't all, know much about his career, but, but I don't either. Unfortunately, he's he was, he's a great actor.
0: I 100 percent agree. You're bringing up points that I I was talking about watching it last night with my wife because it's so hilarious. There's a point where he comes out of the house with the deepest V-cut sweater I've ever seen in my entire life. It's almost V cut to his belly button. And I'm like, Ooh, where do I get that? Jackie's like, you don't have the body for that. I love you, honey. But no, I was like, Oh, well, I also don't have the curly hair that he has to pull that stuff off. You know, I'm right. But but no, but you're talking about, I think that was another thing about this movie. I I forgot how much action is in this movie. I mean, it, it, the Vietnam stuff, the, the things he does later. I w- so I, I guess this is probably one of the better points to bring up. Maybe my only real negative about this movie. Okay. So, and, and I figure I just want to get it out of the way because it has no effect as me as far as what I love about this movie, but where they, they have him as a Vietnam vet. He's, he's decided that his next book is not going to be a horror book. It's going to be about his time in Vietnam, which if you know if you're thinking about it that should be more horrifying than any written horror movie anything to ever experience right and so they're and they're even kind of like showing like the fans are disappointed when he says that right you know i picked up on that pretty quick and then they try to break into these moments where he does the flat there's a lot of flashbacks in this movie i actually forgot there were so many (laughs) flashbacks but he'll go into the vietnam flashbacks and it's trying to show how much stress it's putting on him, how, you know, he's like always sweating. He's, he's like high anxiety, high thing. And I swear to God, every time they did that and they're trying to elicit like an emotion from us, they do something funny right after. Like it was like, okay, here's a little bit of this. No, remember this is a funny movie. Don't worry about all that stuff that you're supposed to be feeling for this guy. Now let's do, cause there's a point where he's setting up all the cameras to catch the ghost right and he's in full fatigues he's setting up all the cameras he's doing a run through and you i swear it's him i don't i never there's no way there was a double the way they filmed it because it's almost like two takes he leaps down the one set of stairs rolls down the other step then jumps out the front door and does another roll like right in front of george went and he's like out of breath and look he has the goggles and everything on and he looks at george went and he's like hi and i'm just like yep there's the comedy i i i have a hard time believing this guy was a nom and is dealing with the amount of stress that i'm supposed to believe he's dealing with they do the same thing with when the uh the neighbor's kid goes missing he's in this like deep dream and he's like stressed he's sweating when he wakes up and then it turns into the most insane Looney Tunes scene I've ever seen in a horror movie (laughs) from that point. But that's my only negative. And it's the only thing where I'm like in an alternate universe, I kind of want to see the darker version of this movie.
1: Yeah. I was thinking that too.
0: I think there was something that the original writer was onto of a Vietnam veteran writing about his time in a horror setting in a haunted house that I think would have actually been terrifying. I really, really would have loved to have seen that movie. Yeah. Because you think about, you kind of like you
1: said, you know, here, here's this guy who's, I mean, suffered more than you and I could ever imagine. Oh yeah. Okay. Being in the, you know, uh, in Vietnam and, and you think there's that party that goes, Oh wow. They, they're kind of poking fun at this guy for having PTSD. Yeah. You know, so, you know, thinking it that way, that's why you got to keep your, <laughs> I kind of keep my step back so I can just en- enjoy it for what it is, well, you know, because that, you know, that kind of stuff gets in the way if we start overthinking stuff. But, oh, but yeah, I did. I did think about that when I was watching it currently. Well, see,
0: I'm watching it going as a kid, all that went over my head. Right. hundred percent. It was some dudes playing GI Joe. And then monsters. And it's the greatest thing ever as a 42 year old man watching this, who loves action movies and loves Rambo and stuff like that. I'm watching this going, damn, they, uh, they tried. And I, if there is a failure in this movie, it's only that it's only the fact that they, they gave me a, a glimpse of something I thought could have been truly terrifying and then they went, no, we don't want it. And I think that's what scared them off. I really think it was rewritten because they they realized how dark it was going to be. And I think it actually scared them off of doing it. Right. And it sucks because yeah. I really want that movie now. James. <laughs> James, we I'll, know people. I'll, I'll see what I can do about that. See what you can do. Pull some strings. You know people. Way yeah, up. Right. <laughs> you know, just tell Brian it has something to do with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft.
1: Well, you know, it's funny watching it this go around the sequence with the, um, uh, uh um, uh, the mirror in the bathroom. Yes. The first thing I thought of was it felt like now that I've been a little more, <laughs> I'm a little more knowledgeable about HP Lovecraft, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thanks to witch house, um, and, and whatnot, you know, and watching from beyond, you know, uh, because of the show.
0: Yes. Um, you're welcome. And, uh, I told you it was good. I, yes,
1: <laughs> but watching that sequence in the bathroom, I'm all I can think about is that is otherworldly. That is kind of Lovecraftian, if you will, because the tentacles come through, and then once he gets in there, it's a void. It's a black yep. nothingness. And to me, that is even, that is,
0: that's scary. That is to- probably one of the most terrifying scenes in the movie and i i I got i got that that when that one tentacle jumps out and grabs his arm that felt so much like movies like the void and you know like you said from beyond it has all that like creatures coming from someplace we can't perceive and are reaching out to you i totally got those vibes in this movie um and like i said this movie just dances on some horror greatness which i think adds to the charm of the movie but as now as like i guess we could call ourselves seasoned horror movie fans we also go oh you could have done so much more when the aunt hangs herself in the ghost right right we see her hanging which i thought was probably the most twisted thing they could do (laughs) to that poor grocery delivery boy (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I do love I do love that he actually
0: says, ma'am, it's grocery delivery boy. I'm sitting there going, that is right. We had Uber Eats before it was a thing. You could get your groceries <laughs> delivered by the local grocer. You know, the back boy would usually run it on his way home. And they make that kid walk in and see this lady just hanging from the light fixture. <laughs> I was like, that's messed up.
2: Yeah, that kid's he's gone.
0: gone. He's gone. <laughs> But no, the, the whole scene where he like sees her again and she's mm-hmm. talking to him and she just steps right up, puts the noose on, drops and fades away. I'm I'm still like watching that scene going. That is truly terrifying. That is. Yeah. That would really mess you up. And then he goes and brushes his teeth and goes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, <that> was, right. <laughs> he kept doing that. It's like this house is messing with you. And he's just like, oh, no, nope, time to go brush my teeth. And I am, I I am so warped by horror movies that because I hadn't watched it since the nineties, I swore he like transforms in the mirror, but I know I'm remembering poltergeist poltergeist. Yeah. But I'm like, I swore, but the mirror comes back and that's why they're. Right. foreshadowing it so much, but in my warped brain, I'm waiting for him to turn into a zombie, uh, you something, know, something. Yeah. Yeah. They did a uh, treat. Williams did it in dead heat. Yep. You know, when he turns into that. So I, again, I'm warped. I, um, I know what I want now and I got to remember this was 1986. They're still writing the book. This is, this is now a chapter in classic horror as far as I'm concerned. Right. You know, it is so good. So, so good. <laughs> But, uh, let's see, so we've done the synopsis on it. we've talked quite a bit on let's let's do let's do what our favorite parts of the movie was, unless you've got something you want to mention before we jump ahead too far. Well, all I was going to say, can we were talking
1: about the H. P. Lovecraft, uh, I thought it was yeah. interesting um, that when I was doing some research on this before the show, um, the cinematographer, uh, his name was uh, Mac Allberg. Mm-hmm. He was a cinematographer for Reanimator. And from beyond.
0: That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, he's he did quite a bit. I mean, he also did Beverly Hills Cop Three, uh, you know, striking distance. Um all good movies. I I don't care what
0: anyone says. Beverly Hills Cop Three has its charm. It's not a good movie, but it's watchable. Right, right. (laughs) Uh
1: he was the director of photography on Deep Star Six.
0: I Uh, love that movie, and we will be doing that on the show. I guarantee that was
1: you'll like this too, Ghoulies.
0: Oh, I love ghoulies. I love, I got I got I think I gotta save that one for sludge, but I'm gonna do Deep Star Six because that is the very first R-rated monster movie my dad let me watch. And I love that and there's a funny story and I'm saving it for that episode. Excellent. Of what he did to me in that movie, and I will never forget it. But I will tune in. Absolutely. You might be on it. We'll just see how the schedule <laughs> rotates. But no, you were talking about like, let's talk a little bit about the cinematography because that was one of the things being a cinematographer yourself of what did what, what did you think about how this movie was shot being a, it's kind of a one set type movie that it's mostly in the house, but yet it goes right. everywhere, you know, right, it goes right, into yeah. Vietnam, it goes all this other place. What 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 was your thoughts on that being that you, that's what you're trying you know I, I can well yeah
1: I mean but I I can't you know put myself in the same boat as as these guys who do this this type of cinematography you know for a living but but it I it is funny because I I was watching it thinking some of the shots I just, I loved how they were set up I mean especially some of the intense scenes where they would like push in real tight on uh, William Cat mm-hmm. and you kind of see that struggle in his face and and um I thought that you know let's face it. This was a, this is kind of a bare bones movie because like there's no, there's not a whole lot of fancy lighting except for the absence of lighting. They do that quite a bit. Yes. Um, You know, so there wasn't like a lot of, uh, you know, standout something that stood out to me as far as um, specific cinematography, but I thought it looked great. I love the way it was shot because you know i look at these movies that came out in the 80s and you know there's you know it's you know it's before the (laughs) mtv generation where you know the camera is constantly flying all over the place and and stuff like that so you you know they held on the shots a little bit Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i thought uh I, i i liked it i thought i thought it was uh um
0: well done (laughs) well and you were talking about and i I was noticing that watching this movie where you were talking about how it seems so similar to movies like from beyond and because there's actually like that movie particular where it had a similar set of stairs in the house when he's doing that whole run and jump down the steps looks just like when the guy runs down the stairs and out of the house at the beginning of from beyond, uh jeffrey combs oh right and he takes off running and goes out there's also when the weird flying thing and from beyond attacks them at the end towards the end of the movie from the top of the stairs mm-hmm. i swear it looks almost like the thing that's flying around in the void when william Cat's hanging by the rope only we get to see it more close up you know it kind of right. has that feel of this this thing flying at your face and just missing you. It also leads into probably the, one of the most hysterical scenes in the movie. And I still laugh my ass off every time it happens is when the demon steals his shotgun, then it cuts away from the shot of him to the darkness. And the demon comes flying in and does like a Western rifle flip and shoots the rope. To this (laughs) day, I laugh every time because you're just not expecting it. It's one of those, holy shit, they did that moments. That thing is a gunslinger from the good, the bad, the ugly, and shoots the rope and and falls. Love it. Love that
1: scene. It's hilarious because when I was talking to my brother, he that's the scene that he brought up. He was like, oh, you you got to talk about the big bat with the skull face
0: in the, in the <laughs> void. And I'm like,
1: yes. And it's cool looking, too. I love
0: uh, its It's so the design odd. is great. OK, I know I teased it enough. I think we're at a good point. We can talk about because we talked about the closet monster, which right. is terrifying looking. Uh, Richard Mall, who plays Big Ben. And I was going to tell you, that is not a rubber suit. Oh, is that makeup full on makeup? That's a puppet. That <laughs> was full on puppet. It took fifteen puppeteers to do that one. So it's not Richard Mole in a mask. It's not anyone in a mask. That was total puppetry. And I well, love that. Now, now I part. did hear I I did hear for the close ups. It's actually
1: that might be like, there is some shots directly yeah. of the face. Cause you can see his eye yeah. behind the mask and you can actually see where it connects where it, they've actually got it around his lips. So whatever they were doing, the close up of him talking,
0: his mouth's yeah. not moving correctly. Right. I did see that, yeah. but the part where he's like coming down the steps and then the part where they shove the uh, grenade in his abdomen. Yeah. All puppet. I did not know that. They That's had a, amazing. a full big bin running around. Okay, no, the one thing in this movie that has terrified me since I was a kid, I still had images of this and forgot it was this movie was when he's babysitting the little boy, which is the most ridiculous thing that would never happen in the history of happening anywhere. I don't care if it's the 80s. My wife is yelling at the television. going, that is that is the dumbest thing ever someone could do. And that's the neighbor drops off her like four year old son. To a stranger, to a stranger who just moved in next door to babysit save and give him a bath. Give him all this. I'm like, no, I thought it was weird that his excuse for why he was chasing the kid around the house in the bathroom. I'm like, that sounds weird. It should have sounded weird back then, but I'll let it slide. Not let's give the kid a bath. Anyway, <laughs> the scene where he has the flashback and the kid was supposed to be asleep on the couch and he's missing. And he's chasing him through the house. And you see these little glimpses of something running down there. He gets upstairs to the hallway and you see its face. And it's supposed to be these ghoul kids. The face on those things terrify me to no end. There is something otherworldly that struck a nerve in Charlie's brain that I hate those little bastards in this movie <laughs> and then they drag him up the chimney chimney and you get the shot from william Cat's perspective and both of them saw the girl and the boy side by side and i hate it <laughs> i if you've ever watched the garbage pail kids movie that's exactly what i was getting ready to say
1: yes it, to me i saw it and i'm like this is the, the garbage pail kids before there were garbage pail kids.
0: Yes, but hellishly weirder than, and that's that's hard to say. <laughs> right, when I'm right. telling you how weird these freaking things are in this movie, understand that it's it's worse than the garbage pail kid movie, which is also terrifying for a PG movie. Uh, that, that movie, as much as I love it, I don't know who greenlit that movie. I don't know how much cocaine was going around yeah. that <laughs> writing room. Or on set when they made Garbage Pail Kids, but it's all I could think of. But these two kids and what happened was I told Nate, hey, I want to pick the movie I just saw on Amazon. I was scrolling through and I saw House. Let's do House. I love this movie. And he's like, awesome. let's do it. That's awesome. I'll be there. No problem. Count on me thanks nate (laughs) (laughs) i know i gotta do it and then i was like okay oh yeah we got james coming on this would be perfect it's practical effects we got all this other stuff so i went on imdb i always try to look up some stuff and it has all the images you could go through and look and i was like oh i want to remember some stuff and i went holy shit it's this movie i (laughs) hate these little things i i said it right before the scene come on i looked at jackie and went brace yourself i hate this part she's like what and she looks and she goes Oh, they're, they're creepy looking. And I was like, this is more creepy looking. That's nightmare fuel for Charlie. If you come up behind me in one of those costumes, I'm not responsible for what happens. I don't like clowns and I don't like the kids from house period. (laughs) That's where I'm right there with you. I stamp (laughs) it done. I can hand throw me in the closet with the closet monster. I'll totally be fine. I don't care. You put those little bastards anywhere near me and I'm losing my mind. (laughs) <laughs> That's all there is to it. i hate them i hate them i hate them oh all right man i think it's a good time let's go ahead and let's hit a uh commercial break real quick and then we can kind of get into maybe some of our favorite scenes since i told everyone what the scene i hated the most and uh then we'll start you know wrapping it up a little bit i think we're doing good here so let's uh let's get some commercials we'll be right, right on
2: Hey, this is the one-man gold mine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the "I Know You Hear Me" podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, "Tales from the Haunt," where myself, I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more, <laughs> you know, I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night than just Jeff.
0: Dogs don't like eggs,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Hot." available on all podcasting platforms. And I Know You Hear Me. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down with me, Stompy, and my brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben, three times a month as we review monster movies from around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and Trivia. Not only that, Frank, but you will find actor content like The Underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and the Friday Night Fights each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So, please join us at the Monster Movie Podcast. Your one stop job. For monster movie reviews, news, interview trivia, laughs, and of course me, Stompy and run.
0: Still got some fresh commercials there. So everyone's not tired of hearing the same old commercial we play <laughs> over and over again. No. Uh, so jumping back in the house, um, before we talk about probably some of our favorite stuff, I think it, I think it bears mentioning that the set design and the set dressers really went above and beyond in this movie. It felt like an old house that it had everything that you would expect to be in it but then they would just sprinkle in like they kept calling them the ants paintings yeah. and there's paintings of it's like little foreshadows of things that are going to happen in the movie, but she put a naked chick in all of them, which I thought was hilarious. There was the garden tools flying on one and there's a naked girl painted right there. And it, that's it. Here's the reason it stuck with me. I'm sorry, honey was we, when you turn on, amazon it puts those little things at the top where it says frightening images language and then it said like sexuality and i'm like where where would right. anything i know the neighbor when she's in the pool is in you know a, a one piece and right they they hover for a while camera <laughs> wise but i'm also like that's that's nothing we saw that on television we saw that on miami right. vice you know it, it was it, I realized it was, there was like painted naked women in some of the paintings in the house and <laughs> people would keep stopping at them and go, it's that's an interesting painting. Right. <laughs>
1: Everybody, every and, character that came into the house had something to say. So it was an artist, huh? <laughs> oh,
0: I loved it. And you know, I also loved the, the whole George went, it's in the trailer, but George went putting his foot in his mouth. Uh, oh, when he first yes. meets, uh, Rob, and he's he's like, uh, oh yeah, you bought the house, yeah yeah, I'm moving in here. And he goes, man, the last lady to live here was a bitch. I hate her. She was she was hell on wheels. All this stuff just and William Catch just like yeah, keep going, dig that hole a little bit more. Eh, yeah, she was my aunt. Oh, greatest lady ever. She was fantastic. Loved her heart of death. gold. Heart of gold. You want to come over <laughs> for dinner? while, you know, you and your family. I was just the writing on that was spectacular the way they worked back and forth off each other you know that that was good comedy writing right there but
1: that's that is you know that i think it's funny because there's a couple of the scenes as far as you know favorites go and it it happens to be some of the comedy writing you know the the i remember as a kid laughing at the scene with um uh big ben and he's got the M60 and he's like just blowing holes through the house mm-hmm. and he runs out of ammo. And he was like, I'm back from the dead. And I run out of ammo. I love and that. He, and he throws the gun down. And uh, I mean, I love that line. And I, I do speaking of the, uh, the neighbor in the pool. Uh, I love watching her. I mean, I love watching <laughs> No, no. I love that scene when she walks up and he's got the trash bag full of stuff. And the whole time they're having a conversation, he's kicking the hand and trying to push it back into the bag. yeah. And then he's beating it with the shovel and she's not looking and it's so goofy and cartoony and he pulls it off. And I just thought, I just, I
0: love those kind of goofiness, the goofiness about it. And that, I think that's kind of the thing about like, I wish I, I wish I either knew more about what he did or if he didn't do more his ability to sell that to me, like he's like profusely sweating. He's trying to keep their attention on him while he's like stomping this hand that's grabbing his ankle. He, you know, and it, it it's the most audacious circumstance. He is carrying obviously this gigantic bag of the demon Tanya, which we'll talk about that in a second. Cause it's still watching it again. I'm like, I, I almost forget that none of that's real basically till the right. end of the movie but and he drops it and she goes oh planting a sapling and i'm like oh what freaking sapling on the planet earth was ever that big and and i know that's the joke And to the point where he realizes, he goes, I can't dig a hole big enough for this. I'm going to cut the body up into pieces and bury it in a ton, like 20 little mounds in the yard of dirt. Not put the grass back. It's, yep, this is good. I'm proud of what I just did. No one's going to suspect anything. Nobody expects anything. Yeah, uh, uh, that that's the insanity of this movie. That's the Well, that makes you think.
1: That makes you think like, you know, an, on another another level now. You wonder just how much was actually in his head. Because, you know, yes. they he he doesn't find her body. No, you know, and then and then, you know, the one time he opens the closet door, nothing's there. But yeah, then so, it, yeah. it it materializes when um george, george went, wentz the, the, gets the neighbor there
0: yeah but but he doesn't really panic as much as i thought he would either uh, uh, yeah, so that there's two very good things that you brought up right there. so we're led to believe that the the neighbor calls uh the the ex-wife because he's worried about uh william cat's character and it's roger cobb i don't know why i don't keep saying roger cobb right what a baseball player's name or something like that probably <laughs> but anyway uh, so we get this scene that she shows up right at the front door and he thinks he's being a, a, attacked by a demon she morphs into and he shoots the demon because he's been he was carrying the shotgun because it's right after the swordfish incident that I love <laughs> and it, the camera cuts away from the demon going flying back to him and then back down and it's it's his wife it's his ex-wife laying there with a gunshot wound in her stomach and a my wife goes there'd be a hole for her where's all the blood where's all this because he just picks her up there's no blood on the porch he stuffs her in the closet that's when we get the the cops come in and you know they're looking around and it's like there's there's nothing really there he the door keeps opening to the closet So it's very comedic every time the cops would come near the door with a dead body would open and he'd like distract them. We also get them going. That's an interesting painting, you know, (laughs) and it was another naked lady one and he goes back and the body's not there, but then he hears the noise upstairs and the, the Tanya demon, which is grotesque. I swear it looks like the Henrietta from the evil dead movies. Um, (laughs) It really, you know, that whole kind of like feel to it. Honestly, if you told me Sam Raimi was involved in this movie, I'd believe you. That's <laughs> that's kind of how it felt. You know, the the creature designs kind of work with that. And you know, he fights the demon, then he buries it outside. Spoiler alert: later on in the movie, the ex-wife shows up. So, what what was in his head? Right, what was real and what wasn't the demon was actually
1: real. Yeah, because later on, he sees the dog with the severed hand. Yeah, and he chases the dog. It ends up on the kid's back. He flushes it down the toilet. But
0: you don't know was that all in his head. Yeah, no one like the hand is on the back of the little kid when the neighbor brings him over, and it it is the hugest rubberiest hand Rubbery looking hand it was almost as big as the kid like it's covering his entire back and it's like there's no way no one not didn't notice that and so <laughs> that's but you're right i was actually thinking that i'm like is is can everyone see it but then we get the scene with george went where he's like there's a raccoon in the closet there's a raccoon. It's big. Right. It's the size of a St. Bernard. Oh, the Cujo of raccoons. I was like, again, the comedy writing and timing between these two gold. I loved them together. And so he's got the spear gun. He's got to shoot the what he's telling him of the raccoon. But we all know it's the closet monster. We're all expecting him to open the door and there's nothing. Right. Nothing. Right. Like he was, he even goes, don't shoot me. You know that you're like, okay, this is going to be funny the demon comes running out of the closet. George went, doesn't know what to do. And this is the part where uh, William cat gets sucked into the, the other dimension right. and he's in Vietnam. What's weird though, is George went, just witnessed a demon come flying out of a closet. His new friend gets sucked into a closet with nothing there. So his plan was uh, go get some alcohol and some whiskey and go to sleep in the same room and wait for something else to happen. Right. right. <laughs> I, again, I didn't know. I was like, who is still staying in this house? It, uh, uh, Roger Cobb, you know, William Cat is sleeping in his kid's old bedroom that is still set up. Exa- okay. Did you understand the timeline of this movie?
1: N- no. I mean, it, it took me quite a bit to figure out like, there there is like this strange you, you you find out about the aunt and then you, then he's back at the house but he's already divorced or separated and then you find out that he lost his son but they don't say how long ago right and, and it just kind of keeps bouncing back and forth. But then he, at one point he says, Oh, well i I was raised in this house. Yeah. But they well, never even, but
0: that's a throwaway line. They the, never even go anything else past that. The only thing I can equate to where he goes, I was raised here is the one scene of the kid playing trucks in front of the white cross in the ground mm-hmm. and the arm jump up out of there. Yeah. But it didn't make any sense. It didn't right. track. It wasn't his son it, we were supposed to believe it was William cat is what I took it as. So I'm yeah. like, Oh, the house has been haunted for a long time, but no, like I'm swear this stuff's only been like a week or two, but right. that also means cause they weren't divorced when they were living in the house together because she comes out of the front door when the kid goes missing, they're like, was right. he with you? No. We're and he jumps in the pool. He sees the kid go down and the kid's not there anymore, which is relevant to the end of the movie. And so I'm like, this, this couldn't have been like months. This was this weeks. And then it was, they kept making it like Vietnam was only like a year or two ago, you know, it it was just, yeah. It was very strange
1: because he also is completely fine when he's at the book signing. Yeah, not like not like he just lost his son. But then when they're walking down the street, he's like, you got to get past this hump. You got to you got to move on. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Does he have to move on from a year ago or is it just from a week ago? Has
0: has this been like the wife is at an award show? The ex-wife, the ex-wife is there. I'm like, it's a good thing. We like this movie. (laughs) Oh, we're trying to make sense of something that truly I don't think they ever thought anyone was going to be talking about in a podcast, you know, Almost forty years later, you right? Know? I, I hate saying that, but it's yeah. true. But no, it, but as I'm watching it now, and I'm like, I, I know everything is getting ready to happen. But now I'm like, okay, I want to see the storytelling. I want to see what your process was going forward. And I'm sitting there going, I don't think Egan, you guys knew what you were doing <laughs> <laughs> as far as, as far as it was almost like the movie was shot in order, which you're not supposed to do most times but it felt like they just started at the beginning and started shooting and they would (laughs) change something later that didn't make sense back before and they were like well we're not refilming that we only have x amount of dollars and x amount of time don't they're not going to worry about it we'll throw another monster at them and they'll be fine um but yeah so that's us that's probably the deepest we'll dig into the lore of house but uh let's let's talk about our favorite our favorite scenes in the movie let's let's talk about what jumps out and i know we've kind of done that as we've gone but is there a scene to you that the movie wouldn't be the same without it ever you know gosh um i know it's a tough question i asked the tough questions here yeah you do these are tough questions um I, um, I, I,
1: you know, I did, I, I just, the, the ending with, with Big Ben, I just, I can, that's one thing that I can, I would remember about as a kid is just that whole sequence with him chasing him through the house. Here's a zombie with a machine gun. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was pretty new to me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) so, so there was that, you know, as a kid watching this, it's freaking awesome because not only does he look cool and not only is he bull from night court yep. now he's got an m60 and he's blowing away the greatest american hero and oh, yeah. so like that this whole that whole scene coming together at the end i mean i just and like i said i love that scene where he's like i'll go back from the dead and i run I'll out run of ammo, and out ammo. Yeah.
0: i think you had plenty of time to plan i you know it was but i and i'm with you i i I'm watching it again going, I totally forgot that he jumps out onto the roof and there's a whole scene. And then the movie goes back into silly mode where he's, he's running across the roof. He's getting away from him. He comes and crawls back through another window. He's still upstairs and he just kind of starts walking down the hallway as if it's not like there's a zombie army dude chasing you with a machine gun because it's like, Oh no, I forgot he was here. (laughs) right he takes off running again and i was like you're being chased by something i would have hit that window through that bedroom and i'd have jumped down the stairs like i showed i could do earlier (laughs) in the movie because i was a trail
1: of fire behind me i I, yeah
0: boom gone i i would you know i wouldn't have touched a step i'd been landing downstairs out the door no but and it's it's such a well done ending and the, the, the only real thing about it is we do find out that bull's character big ben was shot in vietnam and was dying he told roger to kill him roger couldn't do it he decided to go try and get help and he gets kid he gets taken by the vietnam um the vietnamese sorry oh, got taken by vietnam okay uh, <laughs> i word good tonight Um, and he, as a, as a ghost slash demon has set this elaborate plan. He kidnapped the kid. He convinced the aunt to kill herself. He was tortured for weeks. He tells Roger at the hands of the Vietnamese. And this was an elaborate plan for Roger to get his comeuppance for him to kill Roger. Right. And. As a kid, poof, over top of my head, hundred percent, you know, right. it, okay, guy, kidnap kid, understand, and yeah, you know, we fight big zombie. I'm I'm sold. I'm in. I'm I'm loving it. As me now going, that's a really convoluted way to get around stuff. But why was that monster hand coming up in a flashback that was way before he ever went to Vietnam? Right, <laughs> right. You know they only kind of explain where the uncle went, some kind of fishing accident and why kill the aunt? Why have kept, why have them well, living in the house?
1: Right. And she even, and he even says, well, my, my aunt, you know, she's always believed this always believed this always on it. Yeah. So they, it would have been nice to have had some kind of, you know, uh, joining of, you know, big Ben with whatever the spirit that
0: was actually in the house or something. I think that, that you nailed it right there. I think let the house have been like a portal. I don't know anyone that would understand houses with portals to, you know, demon regions or anything. We'll have to find an expert about that somewhere. Go watch witch house once it comes out. But, uh, this is worse than the Pepsi product placement things, (laughs) but no, make it where like big Ben's spirit, joined with the house's spirit and manifested itself because the, even the aunt has a line where she goes, the house tricked me. It, yes. I, I, I have, I've resisted it this long and it finally, and it tricked her to hang herself. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I thought, okay, trick me by opening a door. I swore I would never do or never go in the attic or something. Right. Never open up the garage <laughs> and to the gardening tools not oh it tricked me into hanging myself from a light fixture cuz I only weigh like a buck 10 <laughs> that light fixture would not have supported anyone mm, no. hanging from it but that's yeah, what
1: I... that's you know like I said it's a good thing we like the movie because yeah. the script is is got its plot holes but it's just so much fun and it's nostalgia that's what it is i mean
0: oh, this is nostalgia drug heavy if you were our age watching this growing up nothing's better than house I can watch there. There's always a place for nightmare on Elm street. There's always a place for Friday the 13th. Our classic slashers will always be there. But if I'm going to tell you like my top 10 horror movies, house is up there. Oh yeah. House and house two. And guess what? House two is PG 13. And I still count it way up there. As far as horror movies, you know, I've seen house two more than house one and I've seen this movie a lot (laughs) when you watch it again, James, I'm, I guarantee you, you'll be like, Oh, I get it. I, it, it it is more in line with a child's mind and what we thought of as funny, like Saturday morning cartoons, but still trying to be like scary, like goosebumps or those uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Right. Like I'd let my 12 year old daughter watch house too that's we let her watch child's play last last year she was she was infatuated with chucky yeah. and she wanted to do it for halloween all this other stuff so we let her watch it and i was like okay it's fine and i'm now i'm i re-watching this going the only reason this movie is R is because they drop a ton of cuss words in it they drop the f-bomb right. constantly as references number two let your kids watch it if you want to introduce yeah. your kid to a horror movie house two it's the second story you know love it uh house three is not house three it's called the horror show uh it has nothing to do with okay house two has nothing to do with house one except it happens in a house and we get a cheers character house three they went darker almost like an anthology kind of thing where it's lance hendrickson being chased by james byron and it's almost like uh if you've ever seen shocker Or, um, Mm -hmm. there's another one that it's similar to where a killer dies, but comes back as a ghost and hunts the guy down. Then house four brings William cat and his family back. Really? Um, Yeah. And I... I will, I won't spoil anything for that one. It's not great, but it's a house movie. I feel like everyone should watch the house movies. Right. I, that's one I didn't even know existed. Well, growing up, I had house one house Two. And it was like mid nineties house four was out and me and my buddy Ben and anyone we talked to were like, where's house three. There's no house three. Why does it jump? Because in the United States, they released house three as the horror show overseas. It was house three. So you would hear murmurs that, Oh, it was only released over here. The same movie, different title um and different cover it didn't have the hand it didn't have anything it was a totally different they didn't they didn't want it associated with the house movies for some reason Hmm. i don't know if they they wanted because of how campy these went and they wanted to go more slasher movie they didn't want that like someone like us probably watching it going the crap am i watching this doesn't make (laughs) any sense this isn't a house movie anyway i I went way off rails on that but you know there's a little bit of history for the house I don't know we'll ever cover three or four. We're going to cover two. I, 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 it's a disservice if I don't ever bring, I honestly should have done this as a double feature, but uh, yeah. we really would have needed Nate to get that extra little level of digging into it. But absolutely. I think we're doing pretty good for one house movie or for, for one story. You know, it's going good. Um, so that the big men was your favorite. Yeah. What about, what about you? What about you? oh, I'm, I'm kind of like you where I'm sitting here going, man, I've talked about like some of like my favorite now, and it's funny, has nothing to do with the movie itself, but the kid playing with He-Man figures as a 42 <laughs> year old man, I'm yelling. He's got buzz off. Yes. Holy crap. He's got battle armor, Skeletor. <laughs> he gets ready to tuck him in and he's carrying a superpower. Superman. And I'm just, I'm rattling the toys off. My wife's like shaking her head, looking at me. I mean, we all know Charlie's surrounded by toys. But (laughs) as of now, my favorite scene is watching the kid play with (laughs) vintage action (laughs) figures. Um, But no, I think, I think my favorite, my favorite scene in the movie is probably when he does set up the cameras to try and capture the demon. Mm -hmm. And, he has everything elaborately set up. He has everything ready to go. And he does the jump down the stairs, which still to this day, I I adore that whole, that whole stunt sequence is amazing. Right. And I swear it's him. It, it, it looks, the camera kind of like follows him jump down and it's his face. So I'm, I'm saying he did his own stunts mostly. But that whole scene he's wearing the goggles, his interaction comes, with George,
1: knee sliding, knee out slide. The he's
0: excited. He's like, yeah. And George went standing there. And I'm also as a 42 year old guy going, was George went letting his dog shit in his yard? Yes. I thought the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> okay. It's not just me. Cause I'm like, that's kind of a dick move right there, man. You're just, I understand you didn't like the ant, but it's not her house anymore. Right. <laughs> But favorite scene would be that because it's the very GI Joe. You could see yourself as a 12 year old reenacting yes, that. Absolutely. Um, but again, now when I watch the movie, I, I, as a whole movie, I realize how much I love everything of it. Even it's, even it's flaws, right. even the wire work gardening tools that knock on the door that, you know, that save him, you know, he ducks yeah. and they stab themselves into the demon that's chasing him around. Right. Right. Uh, but and they're just waiting he shuts the door and they, they stop and he opens it and they're like oh hey it's you again and flies <laughs> that's that's the feel of this movie was watching wiley e. coyote do things watching bugs bunny like uh ah, he went that way you know yeah they do that in the uh the garden shed
1: where yeah. the the uh the guy shoots the the harpoon gun and oh, almost I hits him about and
0: that. then doesn't even say he goes oops that's so all he says is oops and again, a testament to William Cat and how he played this character. The realtor goes, "Oops," and starts talking about the painting. William Cat's death stare in this guy the entire scene. Like, yeah. <laughs> are you not going to acknowledge what you just about did to me with a harpoon? And he just right. keeps his eyes focused on him. And I'm like, I'm loving what William Cat's done in this movie. I, you know, aside from where I wish they would have delved darker is where i think the failings come from because i didn't believe him being tormented because right. they would try to do that and then it was fine even the vietnam scenes it's like it's obviously rubber plants it's yes. obviously bad bull um big ben has a skull drawn on his helmet and chicken drumsticks as the crossbones in front of his helmet <laughs> and I couldn't stop looking at that. I'm like, they really just shoved chicken drumsticks to make the skull and crossbones, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, you're trying to believe William Cat as a hardened Vietnam veteran, and he's too pretty boy. He's too. <laughs> yeah. Even in those scenes, it's like I'm I'm not buying this at all. Not even a little <laughs> bit. I might believe Richard Mall, but he, again, like you said, he 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 can't not kind of come off as goofy or a lovable giant you know you just i can't believe him being i almost would rather him had been more like um what is that 13 ghosts the juggernaut that yes that just immense towering power full of rage i kind of wish they could have got a little bit of that into richard mole not Mm -hmm. not gi joe meets bull from night court that's kind of what we got,
1: but right. Yeah.
0: And I'm not, again, I'm not disparaging him. I love it. You know, like you said, it's one of the best lines in the movie, you know, where he runs out of ammo. I love it to death, but yeah, I I love the movie. I think, I don't know if I've said that yet (laughs) as (laughs) I, as as I love it. And I don't, I don't want to keep beating the horse or anything like that, but anything we haven't talked about that's come to your mind talking about this movie at all. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think,
1: uh, i think we've touched on everything i just you know it was it's this is that special time that that mid 80s you know at least for us for this generation you know i you know I'm, i'm a few years older than you but but still it's it's that it's so much nostalgia you know sure the movies look nicer now and they're they're you know they're better pacing sometimes. Yeah. You know not all the time but some you know but but there's something about these these movies that just they I don't know they there's just that feel. Yeah. That, and I'm sure I'm sure it was like that with our parents and who knows it'll be like that with our kids. I don't know. But to me this is just right there in the that 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 point of time when I was, you know, growing up and these were those movies that I was gravitating to and it was yeah. fun. It had some nice jump scares. The, the practical effects were awesome. I mean, I'm still stuck on the, the bat demon flying. Cause I mean, it's gotta be stop motion of some sort. It had to be, but that and
0: puppetry or something. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it was flying in close to him and then you see the hands grabbing at him. And I just, there's, there's just a lot of work. And of course, you know, it was written, like you said, uh, by, by Fred Decker, who come on, we're all, you know, like the fact that, you know, he, he did a yeah, uh, uh, monster squad yeah. and, and, and
0: what, like Night of the creeps. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, he's done and, some and, of the greats. I mean, this, yeah. is, but again, we're taught, you know, as, as old heads and, you know, horror, we, we've kind of feel like we've seen it all, but right. I can still go back and watch this movie and it's, it this movie is exactly what this show personifies of that kind of give me back that feeling that these movies had. Like, I I can't tell you a movie that could even come close to making me feel like I do for this one. There's good horror movies that are coming out, but I don't know if that magic could ever be captured again.
1: Right. It's,
0: right. it's very childlike. It's very, you know, and it was this, it's kind of like lightning in a bottle, even though I do say they kind of did it again in number two, but they went more lighthearted with it was mm. it It had a presence on the VHS rental market that cover till the till the end of time. That thing is on a shrine of most people that love horror movies and VHS era movies. We right. all know that cover that artwork is beyond reproach as far as i'm concerned whoever drew that give them an oscar give them whatever awards you get for drawing movie posters um
1: <laughs> absolutely but it's the
0: reason we rented it as kids then take what they did in the movie to go holy shit that movie was fantastic i want to go rent it again and again i don't know how many times we rented the movie i never bought it. So that means every time I've watched it has either been, like you said, on, on television, which we didn't get like paid cable till a lot later. So I don't know if I ever even got to watch it on like HBO or Cinemax or something. I had to have rented this movie probably enough. I probably could have bought it five or six times. Probably probably, even at a dollar a pop, I probably could have bought this movie. And I kind of, I'm, I'm, also kind of like, why, why don't I own this movie? Right. Why, right. why is this not in my collection? And I know I, I didn't even look it up. I need to see if they've done it. Like, is there a 4k? The, the Amazon prime version is gorgeous. It's lit beautifully. The, 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 the transfer isn't grainy. It's not like this weird thing. It just kind of removed a little bit of the mystery for me in certain parts, you know, where you're right. like, uh, also I'm watching it on a, Sixty-five inch television, not the you know twenty inch <laughs> regular television. We, we are we, old. Stop it, James. We're not that old. We are that old. J- Nate's the baby of the group, and he's in his thirties. So, right, right. you know what what can we do? But no, the, the, the nostalgia is a hell of a drug, and if you want a, a hellacious fix, House House is a movie to watch. Period go if you've never seen it please go watch it if you have seen it watch it again it's never <laughs> a bad time to watch house uh, that's all there is to it so let's uh let's knock out some uh, raining blood because some people did die in this movie so let's do that the most blood <laughs> that we're gonna get we we get a little scratch on william catchs chest that looks like it was drawn on with permanent marker right, right. <laughs> on that perfectly chiseled chest and the v cut v neck v the v god v belly button sweater <laughs> I I, just watch it again. You'll you'll in high def. It was even, even more glorious. It was like (laughs) Roman God type. (laughs) All right. That's not the raining blood. James, stop getting me distracted. Our, Our raining blood is eight, but we have an asterisk with one of And Nate's missing out, man. We're bringing back a favorite of the show. The asterisk is we have a dead, dead. Not only does someone die, they come technically back to life and die again, which is Big Ben. So, and we're counting, we're not counting Tanya. She doesn't die. It's no, the demons, not real. None of that happens. Um, the aunt does pass away and they, we are counting the Vietnamese that got shot in the battle sequences. It happens on screen. Right. We count, <laughs> but uh no Big Ben, dies in vietnam comes back as a zombie and then spectacularly blows up with a grenade in his stomach i don't know yes. if we said that but he shoves a, a you know one of those little round grenades right up in his chest and we get that again looney tunes like uh oh and, and william cat runs out to the house with his son and the house explodes <laughs> and catches fire which if I'm remembering right I think that was kind of a thing in the house movies. I think at the end of the movies it always caught fire or something like that. Oh yeah. I think that well, was Well, I, I do
1: you know what I loved uh you know with all these television, you know, television actors and in, in it the fact that the movie ends with a freeze frame.
0: It does.
1: Um, of William Cat standing on the front porch smiling.
0: Yeah. Oh, he has gone through what should be way more traumatic than Vietnam. So, that on top of his PTSD, he's smiling like a Cheshire cat. He is like, Yeah, we did it. I was waiting for like the thumbs up move or everyone jump up in the air and do the freeze frame that we're used to. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, that's our rain and blood eight with a dead, dead. Nate, you missed our dead, dead. So, uh, I don't know why we need to. I think we just need to put a number to it, but let's do the machete rating real quick.
2: Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back.
0: And see, that's from Jason X. So that's Kane Hodder. So it ties perfectly into this movie. So everything I brought up earlier all comes full circle at the end of the show, people. Charlie has a plan, a master plan. Not really. I'm flying by the seat of my pants half the time. But... (laughs) James, since you've come back and hopefully come back again after I make you watch, you love this movie. Don't, don't. Oh yeah. Like yeah.
1: That. Yeah. This is, this is all good. This is, uh, all
0: good. if you don't remember where, well, actually you, you've never got to rate a movie. We didn't I rate which house we didn't. So on a scale of one to 10 machetes, cause I stole, you can't have my thing I did on the last episode. I don't know if you've listened yet, but, uh, that's, that's my <laughs> shtick. You can't okay. steal it. Um, how many machetes do you give house? You know, on nostalgia alone, you get a seven out of this
1: one on, for me.
0: Oh, 100%. I got, I almost kind of want to look at this like, there's my nostalgia scale, and then there's me watching it as a horror fan scale. Really not that different. <laughs> I, 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 I think nostalgia-wise, I'm seven and a half. I think, not that I'm purposely trying to be just that little bit above you, but I had thought about yeah. it, and I was like, I would love to say if you, again, this is that ask 12 year old Charlie, this would have been like a nine and a half all day long. Right. And now I'm looking at it going, okay, some, some things didn't hold up right. I wish they would have done something different, but nostalgia still plays a huge deal. It's seven and a half machetes for me. It's got its, it's got its flaws. But again, right. I think it just adds to, especially if you grew up with it, it just adds more to the charm that be- despite its flaws, we're watching it with a smile on our face. I right. mean, I have to imagine you're just like, I love this. Uh, you know, just remembering scenes, remembering being a kid, watching this, going, Oh my God, I love this. Oh, I remember that now. Cause <laughs> I was doing that last night. I was just like, I, I I think Jackie should record me one night watching a movie I actually love. Like she'd have done it during Beastmaster, it would have just been nothing but <laughs> oh. me and smiling and getting like all excited when things happen. But this one, I'm probably the same. Like I didn't have my phone in my hand. I I didn't, I was watching the movie. I was just, I was in it, which is why I was able to, I guess, pick apart the story a little more than I probably should have. (laughs) Because I'm, I'm too far in. I'm like, that was amazing. Why did it happen? That was awesome. Why, why did you write it like that? (laughs) (laughs) So high marks from both of us. Uh, I had no doubts. Um, I know Nate's not here. I'm going to say he's right in the same ballpark as us because he lit up when I said this movie, he was visibly disappointed when he looked at his calendar and went, damn it. You said this night, didn't you? And I said, yes, I did. Um, quite a while back ago, I did, (laughs) (laughs) but that's okay. We'll forgive him. He's, he, he's a trooper. He shows up But uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything else we can say about the movie, James. What do you think?
1: No, I really appreciate you uh, having me on. It's been a blast. I enjoy doing it.
0: So hopefully you'll have me back sometime and. Oh, absolutely. We'll do it again. Absolutely. As long as my rambling didn't run you off. And I, I, it's where I found that I do kind of like that three person conversation at times, especially when a movie warrants it. Um, it's just getting a little bit more perspective and conversation, but I think we nailed it best episode we've ever done as far as i'm concerned nate's not here excellent best episode ever uh <laughs> if anyone has anything to say about it uh, i won't read the email it's fine <laughs> so we're what do you got i would
1: You know, that when that came on in the movie, oh. I it, I just wanted to throw that in there at the end oh, because fine. that was something that that popped up and I thought, what a great use for the for the montages with that one and and dedicated to the one I love. Yes. When they played that, I mean, it was so out of left field. So I just wanted to throw that in wrap up with the You're No Good song. I think
0: and, that's and, that's brilliant. If he told me ahead of time, I could have pulled you the drop, but no, that's <laughs> Because I was like you, I'm. I'm. You're not expecting that type of a mainstream song. If anything, that's probably where some of the budget went. (laughs) It was we got to get licensing to play this song. But no, the the soundtrack, love it, and you know, and it's two songs. I watched all the way to the end of the the credits because I was looking for Kane Hodder's name. I I was doing because for some reason I'm watching credits and that name could have been glowing because as soon as I saw Kane Hodder. And then it happens again.
1: Yeah. But
0: there's like two songs. It's that one. And uh, there's one other, I can't remember the name of it. They play for dedicated a... to the one I love. That's dedicated to the one I love. Only two no songs. Good. Yep. Perfect songs for the movie. I love it. So that will end out our episode of house. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Like I said, go watch the movie. If you haven't go watch it, if you have, and watch it again, share it with your family. Tell a friend, tell everyone, let's get that movie like trending or something. It, it needs recognition again. But uh, let's uh, let's just give thanks to uh, all our network brothers, everyone that you heard in the commercial. We got the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks, uh, Tales from the Haunt with Flynn and just Jeff. We have Monster Movie Stomp Down. You heard the Frank and Stompy commercial. That's going to be a fun little bit that's happening. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes sludges always coming up with these wild ideas i also got a messenger message of something he ordered that came in the mail today that he'll be sharing soon uh on his group page so looking forward to that you'll love it uh good beer bad movie night uh pete you heard pete on the last episode and how much he loves to torment me with movies he picks um he's on uh he's he's not allowed to pick a movie for a while i haven't decided how long he's grounded but he is, he is now grounded. Nate's ungrounded. I'm putting that out there. No more hashtag free Nate. Nate's free. He's not even here, and I freed him. That's how this works. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. The, they're on episode three or four. Should have a uh, couple interview episodes dropped by the time this comes out, so give those guys a listen. Uh, everywhere you find us, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, we are always sharing everyone else's things. I feel like there's so many other shows. I almost feel like I'm missing one, but I'm pretty sure it's just the action show, which is this one. Um, poster smash. We need posters, James. I know. James, you're I'm, slacking. I'm, a
1: I'm slacking.
0: Man, I need, I need, uh, I need material. I need to share it. But like I said earlier, witch house is making waves in the horror community, man. You can't deny it. It is winning awards. It's getting accepted into multiple film festivals that has to be amazing for you guys yeah yeah it's it's been uh, been a fun ride oh absolutely and i i can't wait for the flight i've seen the movie i can't wait till it comes out and we can actually talk about the movie that's, right. that's the only thing about seeing these movies early is i can't really talk about it all that much you guys got to dig a little bit deeper as you guys went on uh, Sludge's show, Monster Movie Stomp yeah, Down.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit more about it on his show, just bits and pieces. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, you guys didn't spoil anything and I was I was surprised because I knew... It got close. It, it got close a couple it times. It got close. I was like, ah, I don't know, that matter should have been edited, but okay, you, you dodged it. But no, if you haven't checked out that, go check out the interview over there that they do with Sludge over at Monster Movie Stomp Down. Um, James and Bobby's doing some awesome stuff. Hopefully some more things will come down the pipe. We will see where that goes. Uh, you can reach us at email G M B M A M P O D at gmail.com. Um, thank you to everyone. Mountain empire comics, Johnson city and Bristol, Diane and Rob love you guys. Big supporters of our show. Uh, we'll have conventions coming up that we'll be doing. So we'll have more information as that drops. And that, I think that's it. If I forgot somebody, I'm sorry, I'll get you on the next one. Um, but I'm tired. James is probably tired of listening to me ramble and we, we miss Nate, Nate, come back home. We don't know how long he'll be gone. He'll be back the next episode. He's fine. It's it's all good. (laughs) James, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you. I'm, I'm, but I am going to, you gotta, you gotta get us out on the word because Nate usually gets us out on the good word. You pick a good word to get us out on. Solid. Hail to the king, baby.